Welcome to the Teachers Talkin' Podcast, hosted by Dustin Tatro and Ghazali Abdul-Wahab. In this podcast, we discuss all things education and teaching, from innovative teaching methods to challenges to strategies and much, much more. In this discussion or roundtable-based podcast, we bring in educators from all around the world to talk about a variety of education topics so that we can support as many teachers as possible. We want this to be a place of inspiration, personal and professional development, and simply a place where we can elevate education together. Welcome to Teachers Talkin'. Everybody, welcome back to Teachers Talking. Very excited to be here as always. This is episode seven, the future of learning, exploring AI's role in education. And this is part one of two parts. So we're going to have a new, uh, we have one guest on today. So we're really excited to have Philip Alcock on with us. And then next week, we're going to have another guest. Well, in two weeks, I guess we're going to have another guest talking about the same thing with some different perspectives. So we're really, really excited. As always, I'm Dustin here with my partner, Ghazali. Hello, everybody. And in this episode, we're really going to focus on the overarching question, how can AI reshape and enhance the educational landscape? So before we get started, Philip, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, you know, what's your background in education and what are you doing now specifically? Because I know you're doing a lot with AI. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Uh, very happy to be here and see you guys. Um, so, yeah, my name is Phil Elcock. I'm from Australia. I've been an educator for over 10 years. Always love teaching and learning and, and all those kind of things. Um, I'm currently working on a I took a, a break from uh, teaching, which may end up being an extended break as things are going. But um, I decided that I want to get more into project-based learning and learn more about it. Uh, then the magical world of AI came along. So I was very fortunate to sort of go, well, maybe we can do something with this. I started testing it a little bit in my classes. I've always loved project-based learning, but I just started testing some really cool things with AI and started doing personalized projects, started just to go crazy with projects and AI. And it just it just hit really well in the class. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a year off or take some time off, explore this world of AI and and just be in the in the zone and focus on it instead of having like teaching and all the requirements that goes on in that world. I just wanted to be really hyper focused and and learn as much as I can about AI and innovative um, strategies for integration and those kind of things. So, Philip, um... What role do you see AI playing in education and how can it reshape traditional teaching methods? Yeah, I mean, I I always get excited about it because I think, you know, we now have this opportunity to analyze things in ways that we never have. We have ways of connecting curriculum together with projects. We have, you know, just like this fun little idea of being on Mars that you could pretty much do an entire year or a term just filled with colonizing Mars. And then you can connect the learning to the cool project. So I see it as just a huge, a huge tool to shape so many aspects of teaching. Everyone's kind of jumping in and taking on um, different types of roles with AI. I think there's, it's really hard to just say, it's going to do this, it's going to transform everything. 
I really think that education is headed towards project-based learning. Um, and I really do think that AI is going to help drive that and simplify that and, you know, allow for us to just type in a few interests of students and we can come up with whole plans and make it all about what students are interested in. You know, we're going to be able to analyze data better. If we can analyze data better, then we're going to meet students at their need. Um, and hopefully one day we get rid of the year levels and we just, you know, go on a bit of a holistic kind of curriculum for every student where they can still have to learn different strategies and skills, but they're not constantly put against other people. I find that that's just not a nice way to do things, you know, for students that are dyslexic, the students that are autistic, all range of things, and we're all pit against each other on how we how well we remember tests and things like that. And I just think, you know, AI has that opportunity to showcase our learning, to dig into our talent, and then, you know, make school and the learning environment much more interesting and creative for for students yeah yeah i think that that level of engagement that it can help to bring into classrooms and to suit those needs of all the students is so important um yeah, awesome. tell us about what challenges and opportunities educators might face when implementing ai in the classroom i think it's it's got so many levels of it it's hard to know where to start you know it can be it can be fun if you take a fun approach. It's like if you're trying to learn or try to teach some complex math topics, you know, you can be really serious and try and get everything done and confuse people and create these really kind of um, isolated environments. But if you are using AI um, and you're using it well, just for kind of fun to begin with and explore it. I'm new to this. I'm trying to explore it. I'm trying to understand all the things that are happening. It's a better approach. If you're kind of going, well, here's a chat bot to give you the answers. And then it comes up and says some wrong information. It can look really silly, you know, and some of the chat bots, even I've developed, I kind of feel if I brought them to the classroom as much as they work most of the time, you know, people are going to lose faith in AI. If they see it just making things up and, there's all sorts of bias and all sorts of things that they're really trying to to battle with um, and try to work out. And I feel that if we try and do too much at once and too much AI and, and go crazy with it, we're going to lose ourselves. Um, but if we kind of go slowly and a few little tools that might work for a little bit of a project or like I did with my students, I would talk about it and we'd say, well, look, you know, let's have a experiment. Let's ask some questions and we can see that these aren't, aren't always correct. So I feel that that's where that whole AI literacy and those kind of things is something I'm really digging deep into now, because just like with computers, you know, if you don't really know how to use Microsoft Teams or um, Google Classroom and things like that, you might think this is just not a great platform and you're not going to back it. So the students aren't going to really support it. So there's going to need a lot of training for just AI literacy, what these programs are, how do we spot fake chat GPTs? And, you know, there's all these things that kids are probably using on the internet that are free. It's like free chat GPT and they just type in all this information. You know, we've got to, we've got to teach kids lots of different skills. And I feel like um, it's more important to really just take it slow with AI um, and not jump in and try and think it's going to save the world. Here's Gamma, here's Magic School, here's all these things that are just going to save us. Instead, we just got to be slowly and 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 work to and find out the best parts and the the challenging parts, and then just kind of keep following great thought leaders and keep following um, people in the know, um, and don't be afraid to to experiment your own and and to test it out 
but you know you just have to be aware it's got some some things that it makes up in ai and you don't want to sort of go it's here to give you the answers and then it just hallucinates and creates wrong information i think that could that could be a problem so yeah yeah so um to follow up on that um that's from the student's perspective what about from the teacher's perspective um because i think right now um the take up rate for ai um it's it's not that high because teachers are afraid that once they introduce AI into the classroom, they open this whole can of worms. Uh, students will start plagiarizing. Students will start using it for their homework. You know, 30 seconds, they can come up with an essay and then the teachers will be marking scripts and scripts of uh, AI-generated work and it will actually produce more work for teachers. So yeah. how, do we, how do you allay these concerns and how can you show to teachers that you know um ai can actually contribute to things like personalized learning experiences and better academic outcomes for students yeah yeah i mean it's interesting i just did a poll uh maybe yesterday about i i said something about how many people would you confidently say are ai literate in your school or institution and you can see this huge um you know number that's 0 to 25% and i i sort of believe that as much as there's um, surveys and people saying they don't want to use it or they think it's about cheating and things like that, I don't think that's the majority. I really think that's a minority. I think it's the the media kind of picking and choosing what they want to just make out AI to be this challenge and kids cheating and whatever, because there's a few people that say that and they just don't understand it that well, you know, and they may be those kind of people that say those things don't actually understand a lot of other things so well. So I would feel that like if, if you're that if you're going to be ignorant to say oh, it's just going to be cheating and it's just going to be a problem and you know and you can take that stance then back it up with your evidence you know back it up to say well this is bad you don't have that evidence yet so why are you saying it you know and I feel that you're just cutting off so many opportunities for kids and students to explore and be positive with AI there's all this fear about it you know you want to kind of like connect and you want to um, show people, I mean, sure, we can go and create things in instant. You can create an essay, you know, we can do all these things, but that's not so much a bad thing. It's a bad thing if students are going, oh, I think I can get away with this. And then they're just coming up with stuff and they're not showing their learning, you know, and maybe that's a problem more with the system than it is with um, students or it is with anything else. I feel that you've got a bunch of students that are afraid to use it because of attitudes that teachers have. And that's not great because I feel like everyone's going to need to use it in some way. We all use it. We all love our Netflix recommendations and now, you know, our, our ads that are now tailored to us on Facebook and wow, check out this group about Star Wars and everything. I'm loving it. I love it. It's like the algorithms are doing great things but at the same time. We've got to just be careful of, you know, it, we can, we can take this stance of, I don't want to take this on. Students are going to cheat, blah, 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 blah. And I, I've spoken to those people. And within one hour of chatting to them, I can show some really cool things. And they're like, you know what? This AI thing's not so bad. You know, mm -hmm. and I've seen mindsets shifted in, in instance with these kind of things because it's like, well, just what about this? Can this help you? How can a project help you? What if I do this? What if I connect it to a sustainable development goal? You know, I feel that there's so much more great things that it can do. And if we're just at the beginning, sure, there's a lot of mistakes and people don't know how to use it. Kids don't know. There's not policies about all of this stuff just yet. They're coming out with all sorts of random stuff that's probably written by AI. 
you know they don't no one really knows what's going on so i feel that you just gotta um explore and connect with great people on say linkedin you know find watch some youtube videos and just get into it and think well you know you can take what you want but at the end of the day it's not going to disappear and if anything it's going to get better we know that the the cheating things are are not accurate we know that um these things are going so yeah i just feel that people are really really missing out on on great things and they don't need to be you know programming and making chatbots and going all the way down the rabbit hole they can just use it in little ways and then just have a look at the great things people are doing you know be part of groups that are innovative groups um, and be part of that instead of being part of this strange narrative that's like we're going to just say all this stuff against AI and it's just because it's not. It's it's really not. And we've got to, um, you know, work with the students and be like, well, let's use AI. Let's use AI. Let's show how we can use it and then find out the ways people are using it and, and go from there. Yeah. What about this? Um, you know, when schools feel that uh, students are using AI, uh, in the wrong way, they they will turn to schools want to turn to things like AI detection tools. Uh, but I heard this is just a waste of money. Can you explain a little bit uh, why why shouldn't schools even bother turning to AI detection software to make sure that the students yeah. aren't using it the wrong way? I think it's an easy it's an easy way of you know it's like they used to do. Uh, I remember at universities and they had a a turn it in. It was called. And and they also now saying, oh, we can detect AI and everything. And it's just, it's rubbish. You know, it's just complete rubbish. They're making money. They've got great little salespeople that have gone, let's add AI detection and, and we'll get it. But in the end, you know, I, I think it's a really unfair business model. I, they, they can't detect it. It has challenges with EAL students and there's even ways around it. Like you can use article spinners and all the stuff that kids have been using for years to try and get around turn it in and everything i can do it i can go straight on get around turn it in within minutes by just a few websites that i know and i know yeah. that you know it's not going to scare people away people will find ways around it people will find you know different chatbots that have less detection and then yeah you're putting that energy and focus I've seen some emails, I've seen interesting things on Reddit about it. And I've had, you know, professors being like, I don't, you know, you're cheating and blah, blah, blah. And it's really just this hard stance, you know, where they're trying to scare people to be like, if you even think about using AI, you're going down and you're never going to have a career for the rest of your life. And it's like, seriously, you don't even know that these things work, you know, and it's, it's, it's really just shows, I'm sorry, it shows the integrity of those kind of professors that maybe are just not keeping up with the times and, maybe need to go and tend to their gardens and stuff. And I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, but I mean, like, come on, you just, you're causing so much stress. And now it's interesting because universities are like, Hmm, we want to get student engagement. How can we use AI now? So your own universities are not going to like what you're doing eventually because you know, you're just going to push yourselves away and there's going to be better um, specialized institutions. So in the end, it's it's a small stance that they've had to take. Sure, they don't know what it is. They don't know anything about it. They might be busy having their, you know, cocktail parties and they're not in the mood to go and research it. Fine, but the people that do research it and things like that, then I really think, yeah, you've got to, you, you've got to be, we've got to be a little bit smarter with those kind of things and, and not just give in to think, here's a thing to stop us using AI or something because it's like saying, you know, we know that the kids use the internet back in the day, you know, when the internet started happening, like you definitely use the internet because I haven't seen this in the 500 books that I've read. And it's, it's 
like it's strange how Steph feels a little bit of like insecurity from their their behalf. They don't know how to really mark their students anyway. So um, I'm a bit I'm a bit passionate about that. I've had conversations with people like that, and I do find it to be like, come on, you guys know that you've got such a, a weird way of marking. You mark when you're tired. You get other people to do your marking. I know how it works in university. So you know they're just taking some weird stance, and it's an easy way out, really. You know, I was one of those people just last spring when AI started this big boom where I was like, I was an English teacher and I'm like, no, like I'm not touching it. I don't want my students to know about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to use it. And I remember there was a point in a PD where we had a little bit of a break and I was trying to figure something out. I was working with one of my colleagues and I was like, I, I, I have the idea, but I don't know exactly how I want to do it. Like, and I said, I'm going to go for a walk and think. So I went and I started walking around the building 10, 15 minutes. And I came back and I was like, I've got it. And like, I typed in really quickly so that I didn't lose my train of thought. And in that same time frame, my colleague was like, Hey, I took your situation and I plugged it into chat GPT. I love it. Let's compare what you came up with in your 15 minutes versus what I found in 30 seconds. I was like, all right, why not? Almost identical result. <laughs> And I, and that blew my mind and it was the thing that like took the fear away from me so that I could, cause I felt, all right, now I am going to figure it out for myself. I'm going to learn some more about it so that we can do, I can do something different and it completely flipped my mindset. So, um, you know, I just, everything that you're saying is so, <laughs> it's just resonating with me in, in the experience that I had. And now I'm on, I'm using it in a variety of ways almost every single day. So um, with that, AI, as AI has become more prevalent in education, what are some of the ethical considerations that educators and institutions should keep in mind? I think you were starting to touch on some of that. So yeah, what are some of those ethical uh, considerations that people need to have? Sure. Um, yeah, I think you have to think, from ethics first with this. It's a new technology. We don't know what exactly it does. And we're probably going to keep losing track of that over time as it gets like smarter, be able to work things out, reason with itself and things like that. I feel that, yeah, you have to really consider how, how strong this tool is, you know? And I feel like if you know that we can already do deep fakes, we can already copy voices, we can already, all these like frightening things that can happen right now and we're at the start of this journey. Um, I, I absolutely think that we need to, we really need to think, you know, what what are we trying to use this for? And how can we, you know, I, I see so many things on LinkedIn and I read a lot of it and we're often talking about fancy tools and all these kind of things, but we're often not thinking about, well, how does this um, translate to students? You know, what does this mean? What does this mean for education? What does this mean for um, writing? I think you've got a valid point with, with English teaching, you know, that what you were saying before, Dustin, is I feel that it's so easy for students and so easy for people to go and write it in and get ideas and maybe they're going to lose some of that greatness of the struggle and greatness of the creativity and and all those things i'm a writer so i know it i know that i love the pain of writing and stressing myself out over it and you know coming up with a solution and then it's like woof, it's like it's just this thing but then if i could go to ai and it just kind of gave me the answers and i got into that mindset 
it's dangerous and it's also dangerous to think what's it actually trained on what you know what countries is it trained on because you know you can do um what is a doctor and it comes up with a male what is a ceo it comes up with a male you know all these kind of things it comes up with our it exposes our kind of like our culture in a lot of ways our biases that we we have it's what it's trained on over the years and what we've put on the internet and I'm sure all the strange online discussions that people get involved in as well as all part of AI and, you know, Reddit and everything like this. And you go, is this actual knowledge? You know, is this actually good knowledge? I think when you learn to prompt well and you can use sources and you can like what I kind of do now is to research really good stuff and then put it into AI rather than ask AI, what does this mean and stuff like that? So I kind of think, it's it's all in the approach and this is something that you know when we are going on this really strong angle of blocking and 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 creating this negativity of ai then we're going to see it as something negative if we can see the power of it then it's great but we also need to know that the there's a lot of um you know challenges in it where you could definitely lose a great part of thinking if you you know think that you can just replace teachers and put chatbots in the corner I mean, if you've ever tried to, I don't know, find out how to get something fixed with a company now that uses chats and stuff, it drives you crazy because you never get a good answer. You could have it solved within seconds. And, you know, we, we shouldn't be so reliant on it, but we should use it. We should constantly talk about it. And this is why, you know, these discussions and um, discussions with anyone really is in, in any different type of, um, you know, career or government or education or whatever should constantly talk about it because we don't want to be kind of just leading ourselves into this abyss of well we'll just keep asking ai and you know we kind of do it anyway we go on and we ask google what's the answer and you know we're having arguments with our friends and we go on all right google what do we do what do we say i need help and now we can use ai and if we can you know that's what i think so much people are backing now is you know places like Bing or um, perplexity and things that give the citations, you know, and then if we can start working out good citations and things like that, it'll be great. And then, yeah, I just, I feel that there's got to be a lot of mechanisms. There's got to be a lot of discussion. There's got to be a lot of considerations that you don't just open up the doors and go, let's all go crazy on AI. Let's actually find better tuned instruments of AI this is a big chat GPT is a big open world of, you know, whatever it's got trained on. We don't actually know all that, but, you know, as they're developing and as they're fine tuning things, they are creating them about good documents or good research and things like that. And, and I feel, feel that just to constantly keep an eye on the companies and, and, you know, we have to always hold each other accountable as well. You know, I don't want to sit there and say, uh, this is a, a prompt that's going to make all your students happy and then it doesn't, you know, I really feel that we've got to have great strategies, great frameworks. We've got to keep the conversation going. And then if things are looking a bit off in the world of AI, if we're doing a social emotional thing and someone's talking about depression and it gives a weird answer, then we've really got to bring those things up, especially in the world of mental health and things where people are already starting to ask AI for help. You know, what kind of um, help is it giving? You know, and that's, again, that's the literacy. That's really having that open conversation with students and people and and to keep those conversations going. I think that's the best we can do. You know, it's funny because something you mentioned is like people forget that we've actually been using AI for a really long time. Like 
Yeah. When we're using Google, we're using AI. Nobody was afraid to ask Siri and Alexa questions. <laughs> Yet those are the same people who are afraid of the power of it, right? Um, but something else I that you touched on with the ethics um, that I was just curious, kind of from your perspective, is if in order for us to get the right kind of information that we're looking for, because like you said, the AI is just trained on everything that we've put into the internet, including our own biases. How did you go about figuring out the right kind of prompts to use in order to get what you were looking for? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. Um, a lot of experimentation, I would say. Um, a lot of questioning, a lot of chain prompting a lot of those kind of things i mean i guess what i do now is i i i consider a learning goal i use the learning goal or the driving question to drive the learning so to speak and then i'll be very careful about using information i would prefer to be you know i have prompts where i can basically say check britannica check these websites and i have a list of these websites and then i'll come up with my prompt to get the information um, another another way is, you know, books. I use some great, I do tutoring as well. I use some really amazing books, history books and um, writing books and all those kind of things. And what I often do now is get the information from those books that I was going to teach and then put that into the AI to create questions or better questions or investigate it a little bit further. So I think that rather than just using it to find out questions, I've I've checked it you know, in different ways with history and things like that. But even, you know, like history is a great example. They might have things that just change over time and perspectives change. So you don't know typing it into AI, asking about, all right, what happened to Caesar or something like that. It's probably going to give you a pretty standard, you know, particular answer. Um, but then you've you've got to know that you've got to read those websites. You've got to read the books. You've got to read the good stuff before you trust in um, the outputs and I, I guess for me, I just, I go to the books now first, I get the information from the books and then I use that with, that's kind of my process now. It, it's a sure belief coming up with better things. So Thank um, you. the thing that I find that's uh, unique about your approach um, that I don't see other people who use AI is the way that you link it to PBL or problem-based learning, right? So, um, and and what what gave you this idea to link AI to problem-based learning? Why did you do this? And how does this uh, help our students to bridge or to help them to, you know, face the world of work in the future, for example? Yeah, thanks. Um, good question. I love these questions. They're great. We could talk forever. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I love PBL. I just, I guess that was my thing. I just loved it. I always wanted to be a PBL coach and consultant. I did lots of research and I saw the power of it when AI came along. I guess I kind of had that initial, like, which direction do I go in? You know, do I be an AI teacher person, AI guy, you know, and be known as that? Or do I just kind of take something different? You know, I like the idea of personalized learning. I like the idea of I like the idea of um, X and and all the different terminologies that it has. Um, and for me, I just decided, you know what? 
PBL is a great framework. I've worked it in a lot of classes with, you know, hundreds of students. It's been successful. Can I get my strategies and my frameworks to work with AI? And that's kind of always been my approach. I I want to stay clear of knowing all the latest trends of AI and whatever and go, you know what, I'm I'm here to to really showcase the power of PBL. Um, with AI, you can do amazing things with it. And I'm still, as time goes by every day, every week, I come up and find amazing new things that like, I can add this into the PBL, I can add this, I can add this, and it just gets better and better. And I feel that, you know, we're, it's it's an easy win to kind of be like, all right, I know the AI tools and and nothing disrespectful to people in those worlds. It's their jobs and and things like that often. But I feel that we, it's never going to work with traditional teaching. It's never going to work with that framework. We're just adding fancy things onto this um, system that's 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 not creative. That's not giving us the skills that kids and people need to use AI. I, the, the traditional system because we're not in we're in a we're in a you know constantly evolving information there's so much of ai that if we all do different projects it's going to be much more successful than 100 people trying to learn this is, a, this is the best ai tool because of that this is the best ai and and I, I i enjoy reading those kind of things um but i i feel that pbl it offers uh you know i'm creating this PBL, AIX PBL school, I'm calling it. I'm just creating it. Um, and what I feel now is like we, we're in a time where we can have a Mars Colony project for an entire term. Imagine how fun that would be if you're a kid. And then in that, you learn about, you know, sustainability. You learn about geography, science. What can we do on Mars? What are we going to do when we get bored? We're going to learn social, emotional. And with AI, you can connect it. So you know, I feel that if if higher education's getting to a point where they're going to need evidence that kids have learned and they're not using AI to write their admission letters and and to kind of cheat their way through high school, they're going to need you know not and I say cheat not in a bad way. It's just if it's there, kids are going to use it. I feel. Um, but if we're going towards an evidence based um, structure in education, which is kind of all the talk is 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 leading to that direction, then if you go backwards, that's that's project-based learning. And then if you can get kids working in groups, working together, facing problems, resolving issues with each other, you know, all the things that happen in project-based learning, imagine how strong they'll get time they give cities what that could be projects and using AI to do a lot of great things. You know, we don't know what the jobs are going to be like just yet in the future, but we certainly know a lot, a lot of jobs are going to have a lot of, um, challenges to stand if you can get a robot to do that, you know, or if there's more productivity, what does that mean? If there's um, other countries that have access to chat GPT now that have never really had a chance of learning if they have access to AI, what does that mean in the future and for jobs and competition and remote learning and holographic and all the extra stuff that goes on by. So, yeah, I feel that we, yeah, sorry. I've lost, lost what I was saying, <laughs> but yes, we, um, a lot. yeah, my, a lot. My, my brain's getting excited over project-based learning completely, but yeah, I, I just feel it's, it's such a, it's such a world that I'm like, I'm living in it now. I mean, I had a meeting in a metaverse with Andrew Wright yesterday from Edu Metaverse, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, we're just creating this whole immersive project, you know, inquiry-based learning that, you know, 
there's no way that not any person would be interested in that because you can do your own inquiries. If you're not into learning about the science of Mars, you might be wanting to know about what sports might they play on Mars and things like that. And that's still science. And so, you know, we're now just coming up with all these things. I feel like PBL is is going to be the driver of AI and innovation. And, you know, that's what's happening in groups across the world that are taking on AI. They're forming groups and making projects. They're setting goals. They're setting challenges. And all the community seem to be running with projects and different projects with AI. And then, yeah, imagine that transferring into schools. It's It's an exciting time, I feel. Yeah. But do you also have a concern that, you know, the, the countries uh, which are not so technologically advanced, they will be left behind and there will be this huge gap in learning between those who have and those who don't have access to AI? Will there be a, a big issue about this? Absolutely, yeah. There's, there is. I mean, there already is that happening now. So it's, I live in Mexico. I live in a place called Acapulco. And literally, I can drive minutes out of town and see you know, schools that don't barely even have electricity or, you know, that don't have any books and things like that. I mean, you know, if you put a computer into one of those schools, it good chance it's going to get stolen or someone's going to, you know, they're going to have to keep it really safe. And, and, and some of these areas that just, they're so poor that they don't even have a computer. And so people are going to be left behind. Also give a lot of more opportunities just on the same level that, you know, you could imagine if, if, you know, there is time to have access to computers and cheaper computers and what they're coming up with, um, then it gives, you know, say, well, also with communities that don't know, they might even have a couple of computers that now can access AI that can come up with amazing lesson plans. You can create that project-based learning is it's transferable and they can still teach those skills that the kids need. It might be problem solving. It might be reasoning. It might be all those kind of things. And then I kind of feel that, um, yeah, we, we always need to have those discussions and consider that because we know that, you know, countries where they have amazing internet, they, everyone has a computer, you know, look at some private schools and every kid's got a Mac and all this kind of thing. And yet you've got these other areas in just, down the road from me where, you know, no one even has a phone or one person in the town has a phone. And, and, and this, I mean, that's a huge problem that's happening already. I feel that, yeah, we need to, we need to consider all of those kind of things and um, consider more, you know, like even with these kids that, all right, we put a computer in every town or every school and they learn how to use AI, how are they going to get a job? You know, how are they going to afford a car? How are they going to get a bus to get to work? Are they going to work from home? What does that mean? What infrastructure does that mean? And and those kind of things we need to be. We're moving so fast, you know, we can't leave behind anyone in this, you know, but I also see it, it's, it's exciting as well because I see, you know, I'm going to be presenting a, a, a course in Puebla University um, a thing about marketing and AI and, and really making a name for yourself through AI. Did we lose him? It seems to be frozen. Yeah. <laughs> we might have. <laughs> right, the best part. Well, this is the thing about technology, yeah. right? Sometimes it just <laughs> doesn't work as well as we want to. But... Uh, 
basically we got the point um about what uh he's doing with uh problem based learning. So I think it's something that is definitely very useful to know to learn about. Oh, he's back. Yeah, so we got so him back. back. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my ages I'm talking about. There I am. Instability issues in Kapuko after a hurricane. It's not the best. Um, ah. But yeah, sorry, I, I don't know where I got up to where I was saying, but um, I'm going to be presenting this uh, course and talk about the just the excitement. And I feel like for countries in like Mexico, it's going to be really, really cool to see, you know, how AI can help just a lot of people. And if they're earning really low wages and they can have opportunities to learn coding and be on the worldwide um spectrum and learning then it's it's going to be i see a lot of that's going to be a good thing okay so um we've discussed a lot we've covered a lot of uh bases on ai is there anything specific about the role of ai in education that we haven't discussed that you find particularly exciting or concerning and you would like to highlight further uh, well you've you've talked about pbl a lot so i'm i'm happy <laughs> um, is there anything else that where I just kind of think that yeah I th I that that's kind of the main thing is like people just need to take their time experiment with it you know work together is probably a good thing we really need to be collaborative in this we need to to follow lots of um, great advice and um, you know try and focus more in the success stories you know it's so easy to jump in and and go down the rabbit hole. I mean, I'm on Facebook groups, but I find it sometimes so depressing that I'm just like, I can't argue with everyone here and just be like, you know, there's great things in AI. It's like, just make your own way, you know, and you're a teacher, you're, you're a leader, you're anyone, then find something that you really like in AI and just kind of go with it, you know, and just connect with people. Now I'm just searching for people with people on LinkedIn with maybe a little bit more aligned with the worlds that I think versus some other personalities and things like that. And that's okay. I think let's just work together and, and create greatness in what we do. Join groups, join societies, join consortiums, whatever you want, clubs, you know, add three DOs and these kind of things and keep up to date and keep supporting people that are doing great things you know because i think we we also with ai we can we can very easily constantly think about the problem and the challenges and things like that and that's good we got to all also got to let people just like with sustainability look at the people do solutions don't just focus on the problems because you'll get too stressed out so that's my kind of thing with ai it's a great world of linkedin it's brought together many amazing people um which is we all met as well. So about it, it's yep. great. So yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of my message with AI. It's like let's just be positive with it and let's just, you know, have fun with it and and share and find out what students are doing. And, you know, that that comes down to teachers building relationships. It comes down to um, you know, a lot of change that needs to happen. But as it is, you know, people already use AI, they just don't quite know. We've just got to keep like the media's going in these directions and they will, as long as it gets likes and hits and whatever, that's all they care about. But, you know, look for some good journal articles, look for some some great stories and, and follow those people, follow those groups and 
one day I hope that AI will have a fake news bot and that'll be goodbye to the news altogether. That's my dream. So, and, and let's just, you know, people follow the news. We do, we listen to it and it depresses us. Oh, this percentage of things comes out and they just go crazy with it. And everyone's in some AI fear because the news is like some expert with a really nice jacket says that AI is dead. And it's like, who is this person? And and why should I listen? Like, what are you talking about? It's dead. This is only just beginning. Like why? Are we, why are we going into like these news agencies that just uh, are manipulating information? Let's actually look at the great things of AI and, you know, and, and be a solution-based um, AI way of looking at things, if that makes sense. And as it is like Dustin, I totally understand. I was, when AI came out, I was also a little bit like, you know, is this going to make things really difficult? And I, I had those initial things. I think just I jumped in and made a few plans for students on the fly and they just worked. And, you know, that's what kind of turned me. So I think, you know, be critical always, but um, be open to, you know, the community and what great things we're doing just by getting together. You know, I think that's powerful with what AI is doing. Philip, thank you so much. Um, as we close things out, man, we talked about so much today, but I think the thing that summarizes almost everything up, Philip just kind of said here at the end, which is using AI to be solutions based and not being so afraid of, of what it, it could do or whatever, but really embracing it, figuring it out for yourself. How does it work for you? How does it work for your kids? Play around a little bit. Um, and you'll find your ways of getting used to it, but really look, it's okay to look at it through a critical eye, but also use it as a solution. Um, we talked about role, the role that we've seen AI playing in education and the way that it's reshaping things. We had a long talk about project-based learning and the way that AI can support that and how that could be the future of education as a whole. We've talked about opportunities that teachers have for using AI in the classroom and um, the way that AI can contribute to personalized learning. Um, so just lots of wonderful information for our listeners today. Philip, thank you so much for bringing that all to us. Um, do either of you guys have any final words before we say goodbye today? Oh, I, I certainly had a lot of fun. Um listening to Philip's uh, experience with using uh, AI and then linking it to PBL. Um, his ideas are certainly very fresh and um, engaging for the students. I think that's very, very important because these days, student engagement is a big issue in the classroom. So uh, I'm glad to see that uh, for Philip, he's using AI in innovative ways that can actually engage students and make them want to learn rather than, you know, force feeding them and preparing them for exams, you know, we can actually see how uh, Philip's uh, approach, methodology, can help improve and make the classroom a, a happier place. So I'm very excited about that. Thank you. That makes my heart warm. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. That's that's it. We just got to keep finding. I have hard oh, days. That's, and... Mexico. that's it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's exciting. I think it's exciting to see where it's headed and, and great to connect with you guys. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So here we are. And yeah, I've really appreciated your great questions and, and warmth. So yeah, this is, this is the world of AI. Let's, let's make it happen. It's cool. Awesome. <laughs> so listeners, um, our next 
episode will come out on February 26th, which will be part two of this AI discussion. And we'll have another guest with us who is a, a teacher who uses AI in the classroom and for her planning. So really excited to just continue this conversation about the use of AI in education. Once again, thank you, thank you to Ghazali and to Philip and to all of you for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and share the Teachers Talking podcast because we want to continue to reach out and support educators all around the world. Thank you to everybody. Have a good one. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.